Ruminations, Life with Science Overtones, written and presented by Rod Taylor. G'day and today on Ruminations, what happens when rocks hit your bonnet and sounds hit your brain? And today's rumination is from my book on the science of sound and hearing the edge of silence. It's the daily dirge down the parkway to my day job when a fist-sized rock flies off the back of a truck and bounces onto the bonnet before smashing onto my windscreen. I'm in a 100 kilometer speed zone. There's a car on my left and a concrete barrier on my right. Initially, I have to focus to avoid viewing either way, causing even bigger problems. And then I gather myself to analyze what just happened. And for about a minute or two, I retain with crystal clarity the audio clip of the sound. Thump. Kadump. I'm able to hold this moment and inspect every facet. The timing, the timbre, the resonance of the rock on my bonnet, and a jarring clash on glass. I can literally feel it and examine it as if I'm holding a fine object in my hand and look deeply into it. I knew at the time this clarity would not last long, and looking back on it, I now recall the sounds as a more stereotypical pair of thuds. I've lost the nuance of the moment. Well, perhaps you've had a similar experience, and someone says, Did you hear that? And maybe the sound did not bubble into your consciousness, but it remains accessible for a short while. And this allows you to replay it to yourself, and then reply, Well, yes I did, now you mention it. What's happening is this information is being held in your short-term memory. This is roughly equivalent to the memory capacity, the RAM, on your computer. And while your long-term memory is more like the storage on a computer disk. That's an extremely crude analogy of the way memory works in your brain because, because the way information is stored is vastly different to your computer. Your brain is an electrochemical apparatus and computers use digital circuitry. Disks use magnetic coating on spinning platters. The similarity is that in both examples there is a need to hold information nearby while it is processed. And working memory is a kind of scratch pad used for calculation. And once done it can be shuffled offline when it can then be retrieved later if necessary. And like the RAM in your computer, the capacity in your short term memory is strictly limited. To demonstrate this for yourself, try this simple exercise. Imagine a tree. It's easy to picture the bark, the leaves and the shape of the branches. Well now imagine two trees. Well that's not hard. Add a third and the details start getting a little more vague. Keep going to fourth, fifth and sixth tree. About seven trees is the best most of us can manage. If the object is simpler than a tree, you might do slightly better, but that's about it. The limitations of short-term memory come into play when you're trying to understand speech. It's limited in both the amount of information it can hold and the duration. So what happens when you start to lose hearing? The answer, I'm afraid, is not good. Research in 2005 showed the extra effort required takes a toll on short-term memory. And this was measurable even with people suffering only mild to moderate hearing loss. 
Participants were asked to remember the last three words in a 15-word list, and people with hearing loss could easily recite the last word, but not do as well with remembering the other two words. Presumably, it would take longer to process their poor perception of the sounds, and while this is happening, short-term memory has trouble keeping up. Well, this makes perfect sense. People hard of hearing need people around us to talk more slowly. And what this also means is you're working harder than the people around you. It takes more concentration to decipher words, and you have to use a bag of tricks to infer what the person is saying. It's tiring, it can be tiresome, and the temptation is to retreat to places where the work is lighter and you're not under pressure to follow the conversation. Like other disabilities, hearing losses attacks your pay many times. If the conversation is simple with people who give you room to make mistakes, that's fine, but add a few complicating factors and the plot becomes testing. Place yourself in a room with poor acoustics, soft voices, strange accents, a complicated topic, and now you're struggling. The brain is working feverishly hard to process all this information and sometimes it just can't keep up. The irony is you're performing a more difficult task than those around you, but it can make you look slow. They're walking casually with comfy shoes while you have lumps of concrete bolted to your feet. If only they knew. Oh, this frustration is expressed by Sandy who writes, My pet hate on losing my hearing is that people tend to treat you as slow. I keep saying to my friends, I'm deaf, not daft. Well, I never did get around to repairing the gouge the rock put in my bonnet. And next week, more on the brain with zooming computer chips and neurons pushing Zimmer frames. Catch you later. You've been listening to Ruminations, written and presented by Rod Taylor. Produced by Deborah Hawke and David Jenkins. Mm-hmm.